this is happening. What's up everybody? Welcome to another week of The Bible Boys. My name is James. And I'm Pip. I'm thrilled to be here once again. Uh, we're back after another mini hiatus. That's I feel right. like the, the story of this year has been mini hiatuses. Well, this semester we've been doing fortnightly episodes, really. Yeah. There's a lot of sermons we're uploading on every off week, but yeah, it's not yeah. even that off week because it's Bible content, right? Mm. So, listeners, you've always got some Bible Boys goodness. More importantly, you've always got some Bible goodness. Mm. Not even just on the pod. You can read the Bible yourself every day. That's what we are. We're on about opening the Bible. We're a bunch of boys. We love talking about it. We're students at Moore Theological College, mm. and we are recording right now from one of the William Hodgson rooms. You know what I'd like to know, actually? You know, the, you like you know the Bible app, the YouVersion yes. Bible app? Yes. Um, I've gone on there, and I've looked at some of the plans that they've got, some of the kind of sermons on the background, you know? Mm. And, you know, don't want to cast any aspersions or anything like that <laughs> but uh you know in terms of like evangelical content mm. you know i'm not sure if there's a whole lot right so what i'm suggesting is maybe the bible boys make a maybe a little plan yes put together a little plan yes yes right now if you had to come up with a bible reading plan Ooh. for general audience yes what are you more of a read through the bible or read one thing over and over for the rest of your life? Uh, yeah, good question. Well, I have thought about this before, because you could go the chronological order. Mm, mm. You could go the, you know, bits and pieces all over the place order. Mm. I think if I was doing a Bible reading plan, I would want to it's um, to follow, uh, you know, New Testament reading, Old Testament reading, and then Psalms or Proverbs reading as Sounds well. Sounds very Anglican yes, of you. Yes, that's right. For we are at an Anglican college. We are, all, we are. So but I think one of the goodness, the good things about it is that, you know, some people, they go, all right, I'm going to start the Bible, start of the year, you go through Genesis, they get to Exodus 20, and they go, cool, I'm tracking, okay. Mm. Then they may taper off, second mm. half of Exodus 20. Then Leviticus, they go, ah, oh, okay, I got to the guilt offering, yep. and I was done. I've done that before. Yeah. I know friends have done that before. Have you done that before? Definitely. Um, like the first nine chapters of mm. Numbers, I think. Yes. It's just all That's right. genealogy. That's right. Nine and you want to say worth. all of this matters. Yes, totally. But you can lose a sense of the big picture yes. when you're just in those sections without a sense of the wider story. So that's why I think having New Testament, Old Testament, Psalms and Proverbs uh, every day, it gives you just a swath of scripture. A swath. A swath that's of scripture. That's a good use of swath. A menagerie. Though. What? That's not the right, <laughs> that, that's not the right noun. Menagerie is a bunch of animals, but yeah. I, uh. Unleash the animal that is scripture. No, it's uh, not an animal. Yes, yes. Well, I think we should look into this. Yes. Yeah. What would you do if you had a Bible reading plan? I think I'd like to put in a little bit of apocrypha here and there. <laughs> yes. And then there's a button at the bottom oh, yes. that you click, apocrypha or not. <laughs> and you guess whether it's apocrypha. Yes. And so you get to test yourself on what you, you know, what's apocrypha. Maybe a little, look, I'm not sure if a bit of, you know, Book of Mormon in there, just to kind of... <laughs> Keep people guessing, keep people sharp. I thought we were meant to be, this is meant to be an evangelical Bible reading. Yeah, plan. yeah, so it's about, it's about, you know, iron sharpens iron. Oh, right. So, so I see what it is. So this is almost like, you know, the, uh, what, um, that apocryphal story about what the FBI did or what banks did, which is they gave their, you know, bank tellers real money to hold mm. so that when they touched fake money, yes. they could tell that it was not real. Exactly. I want to give people, uh, Real Bible, but also a little bit of fake, you know, not <laughs> Just fake, so they actually. can tell yeah. that it's not real. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, in the, um, this is, this is, yeah, the Apocrypha, right? Yes. Is this way, like, it's in, it's in the prayer book, right? And you're well, a big fan of the prayer book. I'm a big, you know. I was going to say, the 39 Articles. Oh, yeah. right, yes. In the 39 yes. Articles, one of the articles. Sorry, not, not the prayer book. 30, well, 30, Yes, that's right. 39 articles are in the prayer book. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, but yes, uh, in, in the 39 articles, uh, one of the things that is in article, I don't remember what article it is, but it says, you know, here's the actual books of scripture, mm. but then it lists the books of the apocrypha. And then it says you can read them for, uh, like instruction and examples of life, but they're not scripture. Mm. So helpful to read, but not scripture. Mm. So. You Which know, is not the worst idea. In, in, in and of itself, you know, we should do a week on the Apocrypha. Because I don't, like, 
you know, growing up, I always assumed that the Apocrypha was just like not helpful. Yeah, just don't read it. Because it wasn't Bible, but it kind of was in that realm, mm. do you know, of like mm. spiritual, ancient spiritual work. Yeah. It's kind of like, okay, what's the deal? And so it'd be very interesting to kind of dig into that and think, what's its place? Mm. I don't know much about the Apocrypha. Um, similarly to you, though, I had another story with, growing up, which was that, oh, well, it's in the Roman Catholic Bible, and therefore, don't read it. Mm. You go, oh, okay. But, yeah, it's, it's historically, you say, yeah, read it, it's just not scripture. Mm. So, there you go. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, it's, here we are. It's interesting. Yes. At the very least, it's very interesting. interesting. Anyway, I'm not sure if new version would publish <laughs> that kind of plan, which really is deceptive and, you know, aims to kind of, you know... Um, but no, no, no. For the, for the purpose of building people up. It's still worth pitching, and maybe we will. <laughs> um, what have you been doing over your, over your break? Yeah, you so we had break week last week. Yep. Um, didn't do a huge amount of work. I, I did some vocab, but mostly I was just spending time with Viv and Henry. It was a lovely week. Nice. We, uh, you know, went out for walks. We had a picnic. We um, went to the aquarium. Ooh. I haven't been to the aquarium in years. It in, was um, wonderful. Darling Harbour. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Sea Life now. They they um they renamed it a number of years ago. Yeah, you're so. not supposed to say aquarium. Yes. Anymore. Oh, is that so? I didn't know that. I don't I'm not sure if aqua what does aquarium even mean? I think people don't even know what it means. <laughs> yeah, sea life is sea much, life. much more descriptive. Yeah. So now this is something I've wondered. They do have sharks there, don't they? Yes, they yes. do. Yes. Great whites. Uh, I think so. Okay. Yes, uh, and they have dugongs, oh. and they have uh, stingrays Ooh. and uh, jellyfish, Ooh. penguins. How did Henry find it? Was he? He was mesmerized. He just didn't know what he was meant to be looking at at particular points. Yeah, he was also very tired. He was meant to have a nap that morning, but it didn't quite work out. Yeah, and so he was, you know, running on fumes by the end of it. Yeah, but do you think he had any awareness of like different animals and like? That one is dangerous, and this one's like more friendly, and that that kind of stuff. Like, oh, there's a fr- friendly dugong. There's there's a grey white shark. That's an apex predator. Mm. Do you think he's got any sense of like that's a big animal, therefore it's probably dangerous? No, I don't really? think so. Yeah, okay. yeah, he just didn't really know what he was looking at. One of the things that was so nice to see though was the coral, because you know different colors. Ah, yeah, nice. The anemone, you know, different colors there. Um, yeah, that that he was. You know, just looking at that, that was pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah. So it was lovely. Um, you know, saw some friends. Uh, Viv and I have, uh, we, we watched the Marvel movies up to Endgame and then we watched Doctor Strange to the Multiverse of Madness and Thor Love and Thunder. I'm a bit Marvel universe, cinematic universe out, to be honest. Mm. And so I think we'll stop. We'll, we'll cancel our Disney Plus subscription this next month and then we might. Get on to Better Call Saul afterwards. Yes, do it. So, have you seen Better Call Saul? I have not. It's yes, really, you've seen I've Breaking watched, Bad. I've watched Breaking Bad yeah. four times. Yeah. And, um, four times. Yeah. Four times. And yeah. we've watched it once uh, last year. Breaking Bad was one of the TV shows of the pregnancy. Right. Because um, uh, Viv was quite nauseous yeah. for the first 20 weeks of the pregnancy. And so uh, Breaking Bad was one of those shows that just took her mind off the pregnancy <laughs> in terms of the nausea. I yeah. guess, like, because... The Walter White, and I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but Walter White essentially does what he does in part because his wife is pregnant, there's a baby on the way, mm, there's, yes. there's family, there's need to provide for the family. Yes. At any point, was there a fear that maybe you would break bad? No. <laughs> no. During the pregnancy? Not at all. Not at all. I thought you were going to go another place. I thought you were going to say, you know, Walter White, the reason why he was doing what he was doing was in fact because he was a great white shark. Well, he was that as well. He is the danger. <laughs> he is the danger. But I don't know. I mean, you know, I mean, the story is about someone who's like, you know, a pretty uh, a smart, like, upstanding citizen, Breaking Bad. You know, you no, might, you I've never thought about that. I've never thought about becoming a drug dealer. Okay, all right. All right. I've and also we live in Australia. Mm. The, a lot of the issues that he goes through would never happen in Australia. In terms of like the gun violence and the no 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 no, I'm talking about the health system. Oh right, yeah, that's system. right. Oh yeah, I've seen a meme where it's like you know in Australia it's just like oh here, here you go like this is here's my some treatment. Yeah, here's yeah. some treatment. Cool, show over. Well, yeah. this is the thing, right? It's so crazy. I mean, just the other day I was seeing this um 
the other day, two days ago on, on Twitter, there's this guy who was saying that, you know, when his baby, him and his wife's baby was born, um, there were some issues uh, in terms of health. And so they went to the neonatal unit, um, the intensive care unit for the, the babies. They came out and uh, it was in total $31,000 mm. that he had to pay. Um, part of his insurance covered a whole bunch of it. Um, but he was saying, yeah, this is why a lot of people um, in America, it's really hard to have a baby. And, you know, someone was telling me he, he, he and his wife lived in America for a bit. They came back to Australia to have their baby. But he said, yeah, when they're in America, um, you know, no complications. It would have cost about ten to $12,000 mm. uh, to have the baby. Viv and I, we went through the public system. I spent $17 in total. And it was just on parking. Yeah, wow. But everything from, you know, hospital care, delivery, everything, all free. Mm. Um, so, yeah, a lot of the issues that Walter White goes yeah, through would yeah. not have happened in Australia. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Man. So, yeah. no. I, I at no point did I think about breaking back. Okay, that's good. Not even to cover that $17? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a, that's right. a dent. $17 for parking. <laughs> you want to buy a can of Coke? <laughs> yeah. Let, let's drink. Yeah. Let's cook. Yeah. 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 Anyway, it's but good. um, it's yeah, good. that's what I did. Uh, nice, restful, relaxing break. What about you, you and self? You yeah, guys we didn't like we stayed in you know Parramatta, like nice, relax, uh, relaxing break. We said goodbye to Katie and Jack and those kids. So, mm. Jack, aka Thebby Swithaz, who's been on the show before, that's right, on the last, wasn't he, or a couple episodes ago? Yeah, that's right. Um, so yeah, we saw them off on. I don't know what it was, Tuesday? Yeah, it's not right. But they've landed now, right? They they're, they're, they've landed. They're in uh, England. Mm-hmm. Um, they've kind of gone around, walked around. They've looked at some... Uh, I think they've been to Cambridge so far. They've kind of checked out nice. some of the, the architecture. Great. There's a local bakery called Day's Bakery. Oh. So... Is it like a long-lost second cousin or must something? Must be. Must be. There so you go. I think they're pretty thrilled about that. Nice. In, in that cafe. But no, it's. I'm just very thankful that they've... Um, They've made it. Great. It's all, it was, it was, you know, it's really hard saying, I've said goodbye. So my brother went overseas for two years mm. and now they're going overseas for uh, a couple of years. And it is, you know, at the, I don't know if you've ever been to the departures, uh, kind of zone mm. at the airport. Yes. There's that moment when they're walking down that corridor and they're kind of round the corner and you're looking at them and you're like, your brain's like, this is the last time I'm going to see them for a while. Mm. And it's like, Oh, that's it. They're, mm. they're gone now. Yeah. It's like that moment. It's like, oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, that, that is gut-wrenching. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a different world though, isn't it? In that we can still see pictures and videos totally. and stuff. Yeah. I mean, uh, something I don't think I've shared with you before. My sister, uh, when she was before the age of one, she went to China for a year. Right. So I didn't see her for a whole year. Oh, wow. Um, you know, when she went, she was basically a toddler. Um, and then when she came back, you know, she's this little girl who could walk and talk. Right. And, and how, sorry, how old were you? Like how old? Oh, uh, I was, um, I was five at the time. Oh, okay. So I, you were kind of aware of what was, of what yeah, was happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think I fully appreciated that I wasn't going to see my sister for a year. Yeah. Um, but I remember the sadness of going, where's my sister? Mm. And I couldn't see pictures, you mm. know, there was no FaceTime, there was, anyway. Mm. Yeah, but. But, you know, you know, thank God for things like Zoom. That's right. Telegram. Yeah. <laughs> We use Telegram. Ah. I think we're the only family that I know of that uses Telegram instead of like WhatsApp or... Yes. Because I think like at some point we... It's something about security. Mm. Whoever set it up, maybe it's like my brother or something. Like, sure. It's like Telegram has better security. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? <laughs> I don't know. You guys are operating in state secrets. I don't know. You know I've got nothing to hide. Financial documents. I've got nothing to hide. People talk about that like, you know, Facebook, you know, security stuff. I'm mm. like... If they if they want to, you know, look up my details, check me out. You got nothing to hide. If anything, I'm a little flooded <laughs> that, a, that a government is look is looking into me. That's know? right. Yeah, there you uh, go. Yeah. Anyway, cool. Cool. so uh, yeah, been a week off college. Uh, we're back. We're back. Um, you've got a bunch of assignments due. Yeah, basically from here until mid November, it's like something due every couple of weeks. Wow. Fi- uh, final um, exams yes. in the first week. Having said that. Not too, it's not actually that bad. Oh, good. Like, in terms of, like, you know, the stress that you can experience in, like, work or whatever. Yes. Like, this kind of college stress is yes. actually not that bad. And we do get a pretty good holiday at the end of it. Like, That's you know, true. Like, a few months. 
Um, and I think the World Cup, you know, FIFA yes. World Cup starts conveniently like a week after our final exams. So I'm I'm very happy at the moment. You're living life. I'm, I'm living life. I'm living right. life. Getting chipping away at assignments every day and just like you know doing a little bit here and there. Wonderful. So that's great. Yes, yes. And you, in terms of first year, mm. do they still do it that uh, the final exams are a hundred percent weighted? No. Oh, okay. No, right, no, no. Right. No. So we've got uh, yeah, I've got four exams. Mm-hmm. None of them are hundred percent weighted. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting because ours were hundred percent weighted in huh. first year. Okay. And part, I think part of the feedback that we gave was that's a lot of stress to put on, like yes. you know, a one one week period, and so yeah, because your doctrine assignment it didn't count, did it, to your final doctrine mark or in first year? No. Yeah. No. It was like for, I'm pretty sure it was like formative. Okay. Ah, uh, actually. Maybe. No, I'm pretty sure they're all 100%. I could be wrong about that. Sure. Maybe well, at, at least, least, at a, least few a few of them were 100%. Yeah, yeah, not, for us, none of our exams are 100%. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's good. Um, oh, sorry. What am I saying? It is for Hebrew. It is for Hebrew. Sure, yeah. sure. Anyway. Yeah. Um, we've been yambling, rambling. Going on and on and on. Scrambling. For 25 minutes. That's right. On uh, Monday morning. Fi- uh, 16 minutes. Oh, we've talked about a bit of Bible, but it's time for us to actually... Uh, do our spot for today. Let's get into it. Now, That's you've right. got a spot on prayer. Yes. Is that right? Yes. Okay. I want to talk a bit about prayer from the Bible. Okay, nice. And then in a bit, you'll share what you're reading in the Bible. Sounds good. And we'll play Guess Who or Guess Which. Sounds great. That's Sounds it. great. And and look, I mean, what I've got to say about what I've been reading ties, it's very much prayer related. Hey. So, if it fits in organically, maybe we can do it all as one. It's always nice when it sort of works out that yeah. way, isn't it? Yeah, I because, think so. uh, we, you know, it's not like we do a huge amount of prayer. Yeah, that's right. Anyway. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, today I want to talk about prayer. And we've talked about prayer a few times on the Bible Boys. Um, there's an episode from, I think, a year and a half ago or something about why don't we pray more. Um, today, though, I just want to have a bit of a think about what the Bible says about how we pray. So, uh, I'm not, and I'm not talking about the heart attitude. I want to talk about the, the nuts and bolts of, you know, what you say. What, how do you, how do you construct a prayer? Mm-hmm. Um, because it's something I've been thinking about as I've been reflecting a bit more about the Book of Common Prayer. Mm-hmm. Now, um, for more review, we're emceeing in a few weeks, and uh, uh, I've written a rap, mm. and I've um, recorded the audio, and yes. we, we will play it yes. on the pod today. Yes. A bit of a sneak peek for people yeah. before more review. It is gold. I've, I've listened to it. It, uh, it blew my socks off. Right? <laughs> uh, you, you know... Who would have guessed? You have broke. You do break bad. <laughs> you are now a well, soon to be globally recognized rapper. Sure, that's rap it. Scene, so. Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick. Cheminem. 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 Anyway, yeah. but um, as I've been reflecting on the prayer book and just different historic prayers, I've been thinking, what does the Bible actually say about how it is that we pray? And so there's a number of places we could go to, right? So we could, for example, go to somewhere like Ephesians chapter 1, where in Ephesians chapter 1, uh, verses 15 to, I think it's 20, 15 to, uh, 15 to 18. I think it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a bit of a prayer from from Paul, right? So he goes, uh, "For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, so that you may know Him better." And and he goes on, and uh, you know, you could go to other places. Here's one of the interesting things, though. So there have been some books that have come out that go through the prayers of the apostles. So you look at the prayers and the epistles. Uh, a really good one by Don, Don Carson is called, I think it's called uh, A Call to Spiritual Reformation. Mm-hmm. Might have gone through a, a, di- a few title changes since then. Um, and it's really good. You're taking a look at these prayers from these uh, apostles. Here's the thing, though. I think that they're good models of prayer. But I don't know if the apostles in these epistles, if they've actually said, and I want you to pray in this way. Mm. Do you know what I mean? By yeah, that? yeah, yeah, yeah. The distinction between descriptive and prescriptive. Yeah. So I think these are really good models of prayer, but I don't know if this is what the apostles themselves told us, I want you to pray like I pray. Mm-hmm. Maybe we could have the same priorities as them, mm. but they're not prescriptive for how we pray. Right. So, right. so when I ask you, Pip, 
where would you go in the Bible to if you, if someone said, okay, so what are some things that I should pray for, or, or what does the Bible teach me about how I should pray? Where would you seek to go? I know I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah, here. no, that's fine. Um, Gospels, and mm-hmm. I'd go Lord's Prayer mm-hmm. because that's the time when Jesus, Jesus specifically says to his disciples, pray like this, mm. and he's and he's in in that particular moment he's actually talking about content you can tell because he's preceded by saying you know the gentiles like pagans when they pray to their gods Mm. they heap up empty phrases thinking that they'll be heard for their many words Mm. do not be like them you know pray them like pray them like this Mm. and he gives a a great prayer um so i would say the lord's prayer is a great prayer to pray Mm. um but even that i think there's been debate and confusion about, well, is Jesus saying pray this or is he saying pray like this? Yes. Is he saying like you should, this is kind of the magic words um, or is it like the, this is kind of the topics, the, the the vibe that you should aspire to yes. when you pray. You should pray for spiritual things, for mm. God's kingdom to come, for yes. sin and uh, against sin and temptation and for, for daily necessities to keep you alive if you need to be alive yeah. and um, things like that. So I'd say, I mean, Lord's Prayer um, but also there are some like parables on prayer mm. um, that that Jesus goes to. Mm. Um, interesting one, like the one, the thing that I wanted to share about today, which I've read recently, which we don't need to go into now, but the, the parable of the persistent widow mm. in Luke um, 18. Mm. Um, and to me, I think that that's like kind of sets up by saying, Jesus says this parable to the effect that they pray and not give up. Mm. So that's more to do about the manner yeah, of yeah, prayer, yeah. not the so much the content of prayer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, I think that complements what I want to say nicely. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe we'll go to that in a bit. Sure. I really appreciate you took us to the Lord's Prayer, and I'm going to take us to the Lord's Prayer as well, actually. So uh, we're going to go to Matthew chapter 6, and there's some nuances here. Now, um, as I was thinking a bit about this uh, last night, as I was brushing my teeth, and this morning, on my way in on the bus and the train, because uh, that's the amount of prep that I did. Yeah, nice. Good. <laughs> I was thinking, you know, there are a few places um, that the New Testament does tell us about the content of prayer. And so you've got places like Ephesians chapter 6. I don't remember the um, uh, the verse exactly, but where Paul says, uh, praying at all times in the Spirit. And I think that what he's meaning there, you know, in the just a few verses earlier, he'd said that uh, the word of God is the sword of the spirit. So I think that he's making a case there to say um, one of the ways in which we pray at all times is with the words of scripture, with the with the word of God. Um, another place you could go to perhaps uh, is uh, James chapter five, where uh, James writes, uh, you know, is is anyone sick? Um, you know call on people to pray for you, um, call on the elders to lay their hands on you. Mm. But also prayer, uh, the content of prayer there is um, uh, this about um, sin, mm. about praying for restoration. Uh, you've got 1 John 5 where uh, John uh, says something similar to what Jesus says in mm. John 15 about, you know, if uh, pray in Jesus' name or pray in the Lord's name, um, whatever you ask will be granted to you mm. as well. Um, so there are a number of places, but I think a key part, just a very explicit part, is the Lord's Prayer on the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6. Mm. So that's where we're going to turn. Nice. Now, before we read it, though, it is worth saying that there is a bit of a debate, as I, as I um, heard you say before, between how you would interpret the Sermon on the Mount. Because this is a sermon that Jesus gave before his suffering, his death, and his resurrection. Mm. And so on one level, you want to say, well, is everything in the Sermon on the Mount still applicable to us now on this side of the resurrection? Um, Because some of the stuff we might say is applicable only to people before the death of Jesus. And so one example of where you could see that is in Matthew chapter 5 in the Sermon on the Mount. So in Matthew chapter 5, um, in the section where Jesus is talking about anger. So, Pip, could I have you read verses uh, 21 to 24, please? Yeah, it says, you have, heard it, uh, you, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. 
But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says, you fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. So if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Mm, thank you. Now, it's, uh, the section here, Jesus is teaching about anger, teaching about the importance of reconciliation. But one of the interesting things is he makes a reference to the altar, which would be a reference to the temple in Jerusalem in the first instance. And so on one level, you could say, oh, well, Jesus is referencing the altar, this side of the resurrection, and especially this side of the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD, there is no altar anymore. So no, this section is not applicable to us as Christians, because clearly Jesus was making a reference only to those people before uh, his death and resurrection. You could make that case. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. I think what I want to say, without doing all of the nitty-gritty, because I do want to get to the Lord's Prayer, mm. is to say I think it's important to, to see this principle of Scripture, that Scripture is written for us, but it wasn't in its first instance directed to us. See, Jesus, in giving the Sermon on the Mount, was directing it to the people of his time before his death and resurrection. Mm. And so, yes, he makes these references to the altar. He makes this reference to, you know, the altar here. But I think we are meant to see, especially because the gospel writers included it, we are meant to see this as important to the discipleship of us as God's people here and now, mm. this side of the resurrection. Yeah, yeah. And so I think we are to interpret what is being said here in light of his death and resurrection, yeah. but not to discount it and say, oh, it's not applicable to us anymore. Yeah. Would you agree with that? I, I would. I would. I think like a, a fairly strong argument is like thinking about, okay, well, this was definitely written after the resurrection mm. and they've made decisions about what to include and what, and what not to include. And it, like, why would they include Jesus teaching if it wasn't a, if it wasn't applicable mm. post res- post resurrection, mm. so I'd say just like based on that logic, Matthew's included this because he wants his readers to know that Jesus taught this as you know a teaching, yeah, um, and not something just for that window, that three year window, or whatever yeah, yeah, before yeah. his death. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with that. I agree with that. I mean, one of the counter arguments, just to be you know fair to the other yeah, side yeah. of the, the the discussion, would be to say, well, this is a fair and accurate representation of what Jesus said. And so that's why it's been included, um, not because of its ongoing relevance to you here and now. Maybe you could draw yeah. some principles yeah. from it that you can get from the epistles. Yeah. But here in the Gospels, it's just a record of what Jesus did and said. Yeah. yeah. One of the things I think it's important to see, though, is that I think Matthew's Gospel has deliberately structured the five long teachings of Jesus. So there, uh, for those who don't know Matthew's Gospel, there are five longer sections where Jesus is giving some bit of teaching. And I think it is meant to be sort of a discipleship training program, almost like a new Torah uh, for God's people uh, to teach them how to live. Because there are some references to things that don't make a huge amount of sense in its original context, if you saw it as Jesus saying this to them in their time before the death and resurrection. So, for mm-hmm. example, uh, in Matthew chapter 18, I believe it is, um, or is it Matthew chapter 16? Uh, the references to to uh, the church being built, uh, and when you come together as the church, and um, you know, uh, if you rebuke someone and they don't listen to you, bring another person or two other people. They don't listen to you, bring it before the church. Mm, yeah. The church hadn't been established yet, mm, um, yeah. at least in the sense of you know, uh, uh, people gathered around the Lord Jesus. Because you could make the biblical theological argument that the first church was gathered at Mount Sinai in Exodus yeah, chapter 19. Sure, sure. In any case, let's come to the Lord's Prayer. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I want to say I think it is still applicable for our teaching and uh, is still relevant for us here and now. Uh, Pip, could you have a read of uh, Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 to 13? Okay. Uh, and... And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. 
Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Mm, thank you. So in this section here, Jesus is um, he's nestled this section on prayer between a section on performing your deeds in public to be seen in Matthew 6 verses 1 to 4 and fasting in public or at least making known your fasting in public mm. in verses 16 to 18. So here in verses 5 to 15, he's talking about prayer. So we see a few things here about prayer. He talks about not doing it in public for others to see. And I don't think this means you don't pray in public. I think what it's saying is don't pray to be seen. Mm. Don't pray to to be praised by the public. Yeah. Um, uh, that's something about the manner. Yeah. And then in terms of content here, in verse 7, he talks about not babbling like the pagans do, thinking that they will be heard for their many words. Mm. So in other words, don't think that the more words you speak in prayer um, will add to the the depth of it. I think that's important to say before, right before we get to the Lord's Prayer here, because there is something about um, thinking that length equals depth. Mm. I mean, I've certainly been in the church services where the prayers go on for 11 minutes. Mm. And at some point, the length you want to go, wait, I don't even remember what we're praying for anymore. Mm. Or this person is including so many different lines and things like that, that I'm going, it's distracting from mm. the main thing, which is bringing our requests before God. Um, I think there is something about shortness, not, you know, lack of content shortness, but just not going so long. Mm. Okay, then. So then we come to verse 9, where Jesus says, this then is how you should pray. And I, I do think that this is a statement of priorities. Um, what we see in the Lord's Prayer are three exaltations of God, sort of statements about uh, God's um, value and worth that come in the form of petitions as well, but then also three requests for, for us and what we need. And so you see, you know, our Father in heaven, an address to God who is king, who is lord, who is sovereign, who is reigning. You have the first petition, hallowed be your name. It's it's actually saying something about God, that he is holy, he is grand, he is majestic. Um, so even though it's a petition to, for, for God's name to be, you know, glorified, it's also saying something about God. Mm. Because if God isn't holy, then why are you praying that he would it would be inappropriate. Yeah. Then the second petition, your kingdom come. In other words, God, your rule and reign be made known. Your, your rule over your people and your place, let it spread. Let it be made known and made clear. Mm. And then thirdly, the third petition, your will be done. In other words, God, you are in control. You are reigning. Let your control and your reign be done. Mm. So three petitions after the initial address. Our Father in heaven, first petition, hallowed be your name. Second petition, your kingdom come. Third petition, your will be done. It's very God-focused, isn't mm. it? Yeah. Yep. Then we have th at least three, I mean, I think you can make a case for four, at least three petitions for us. So the first one, give us today our daily bread. Um, in other words, provide for us. It's an expression of trust of knowing that we need God in order to to, to live. Uh, and there's a there's a footnote, not in my translation here right now. Does your translation have the footnote on verse 11? It's like, or our bread for tomorrow. Yes. It's interesting, isn't it? Now, I, I haven't looked at the Greek for this, um, but as I understand it, there are a few translations that put that footnote there. That another way you could translate us, uh, translate this rather, is give us, today, our bread for tomorrow, 
or give、mm. us tomorrow's bread.、Mm. Uh, there's some some way you could translate it like that. Maybe you know if you took a look at the original language, you could let me know as well. But the idea here is not only does God provide for us today, but it's a daily, everyday, trust-filled dependence on God for our sustenance, for our life, for our breath,、mm. for our provision.、Um, that's the first petition when it comes to you know、uh, for us. Second one, forgive our debts or forgive our sins as we have forgiven those who sinned against us, or, for, or as we have forgiven our、uh, our, our debtors. The second thing we need is forgiveness. We are utterly dependent on God's grace and His mercy and His kindness to clear us of that which we have、uh, sinned against Him.、Um, and then the third one, and lead us not into temptation. But deliver us from the evil one. In other words,、uh, give us victory over sin. Not only forgiveness for our past sins, but victory、uh, for our sins now and into the future as well.、Mm. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And so the Lord's Prayer gives us this amazing set of three petitions showing us、uh, the value and the majesty and the worth of God. And then three petitions showing us how utterly dependent we are on God as well、mm. for 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 food and our daily provision and and life、mm. for for forgiveness and also for victory over sin.、Mm. So I think just as a model of content of prayer, there's something beautiful here because you start with God, you start with God's glory and God's kingdom before you come to us and recognize that yes. There are things that we need to ask God for, because、mm. without God, we we are utterly left helpless and hopeless without yeah. these things. Yeah, and I think that's a really good model of prayer as well. Yeah, there are,、uh, you know, here you don't have Jesus saying, "All right," and then you can add your miscellaneous stuff at the end.、Mm. But I think you can see that there's an order of priorities. So if you do have, you know, Father, help me with my exams today or something, you could put that at the end. Now. Two things I want to say before I finish my what I have prepared here or、mm. thought about.、Mm. One is this isn't meant to be a straitjacket. You know, if if you're really going through a hard time in the moment, you want to cry out to God and say, "Father, I, I'm just struggling right now. Please give me some comfort." It's not like you've done the wrong thing by going straight to Father, comfort me. You know,、mm. oh no, no, I have、oh, to、yeah. do all these、mm. things first before、mm. I get to Father, comfort me. No, 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 not at all. But if you do struggle to pray. I think this is a really helpful model to start with God, and you know what? Just, just try to remember some things you know about God from the、mm. Bible. So you、mm. know, dear God,、hmm, what do I know about God? God's loving.、Oh, God, thank you that you are loving.、Mm. Uh, God sent Jesus. God, thank you that you sent Jesus.、Uh, God is the one who says He's always with me. Father, thank you that you're always with me.、Mm. And then, what do you know you absolutely need? Oh, okay,、um, Father. Thank you that you forgive me of my sins. Please continue to forgive me, Father. Help me to keep growing as a Christian.、Mm. Uh, what else do I need,、oh. Father? Thank you that you provide my daily needs. I pray that you will continue to help me to stay healthy and to 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 have enough food and to not take it for granted. And what's on my mind now? Oh,、um, Father, we pray that I、uh, pray that you would、uh, help me today to. To not be too tired because I didn't sleep well last, and you go from yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And all of a sudden, you have a bit of a model、yeah. for prayer. Yeah, yeah, that's that's helpful. I, I will say, like, I mean, part of the reason that I've been kind of reading some stuff on prayer is that, like, I really struggle with prayer. Like, I I do struggle with prayer. I've had seasons where it's been a lot better, and seasons where it, where I've really struggled to. And and I used to say, I think I used to say, like, I get, I understand prayer. But I just struggle to do it.、Mm. But I think increasingly it's like, no, I don't do it because I don't understand it.、Mm. I don't actually understand it.、Um, like even to, like on the Lord's Prayer, for example, I struggle to pray, "Your kingdom come,"、mm. because it's one of these massive things. Firstly, I don't totally understand exactly what it actually means for God's kingdom to come.、Um, I have this vague idea of、um, that. That the world would be as God wants it to be, new creation.、Mm. Maybe it's an eschat- es- eschat- eschatological prayer, like、mm. a, an end times prayer.、Mm. 
or is it a prayer for tomorrow? I pray that the world would be more like the place you want it to be. Mm. Um, but also there's a sense of, I know God's kingdom will come. Mm. It's in the plan. God's already said that, you know, um, Jesus is returning uh, and the um, those who believe in him will rise to a resurrection of life. Mm. I already know that those promises are in scripture. And so for me, there's a sense of like, why am I praying for things that I know God has already promised? Mm. Um, yeah. Things like give me today my daily bread are hard for me to pray because I, I feel like unless something really bad goes wrong <laughs> with, you know, the world economy or like yeah, with my yeah, local yeah. coals or something or yes, like, yes. I, you know, I'm going to get my daily bread. Mm. It's hard to, and I'm, I'm not saying, I, I'm saying I should, I, I'm seeking to understand this yes. stuff more so I, I can actually pray it with, um, with meaning, yes. with like authenticity, mm. um, and actually mean when I'm praying. Um, I yeah, I do I do struggle with that. I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on um, there. I, I feel like there is this tension when Jesus says, "Don't heap up empty phrases. Pray like this," and he gives like a prayer that takes like twenty seconds to say, mm. and then you get other bits where it's like Jesus was up all night praying. Yeah, it's like, well, what was he like? What was he praying about? <laughs> up, he was up all night praying. What was he praying about? Mm. Um, and then, you, you know, you get things like Paul saying he never stops praying for you and he prays for this and there are these, like, lofty spiritual things that he's praying for. Yeah. And it's kind of like, that, was, like, that wasn't in the Lord's Prayer. You're, you're, you know, <laughs> you're doing your own thing. You're going off, you're, you're praying this, like, really good stuff. Mm. But it's it's vocabulary that's not natural to me. It's, um, you know... You know, so it's kind of like a question is like, do I need to change my personality to become more like the person that would pray those kinds of prayers, mm. or do I need to change my understanding of prayer so that I can pray prayers mm. that actually make sense in light of who I, am, my personality, who I am, and mm. like, um, yeah, like the the parable of the persistent widow is like as well, mm. and you know, read this one bas- recently. Basically, it's like Jesus tells this parable to the effect that you always ought to pray and not give up, mm. right? And then it goes into the parable and, um, you know, it's it's in Luke 18, but basically there's this unjust judge who doesn't fear God, doesn't care about what people think about him, and there's this widow that's banging on the door, you know, asking for assistance. And not because he fears God, not because he cares about people, but because of the constant disturbance, he does something mm. for, for the widow. And then it says, like, you know, um, how much more will God you know, like answer your prayers. I, I want to get it right, actually. So yep. um, if you go to Luke 18, mm-hmm. um, so Luke 18, 1 through to 8. So, um, yep, so from verse 4, like for a while he refused, but afterwards he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says, and will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. And then he finishes with this rather cryptic line, Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Mm. And it's so I think like part of the, I struggle with the logic of this parable. So God um, knows it, God is just, God is loving, and yet we're to keep praying, we're to keep asking for things repeatedly. Um, and I was kind of struggling with that. Like for me, if I pray about something and then I kind of entrust it to God and I say, okay, God's going to deal with it. I don't need to keep like bothering because mm. I know that he's going to. Whenever it happens, I know that he's going to answer it. For me, that is kind of my natural expression of what I think is like an expression of faith mm. is to kind of like pray and then kind of just trust. Like I usually, you know, his analogy of like if I ask, um, you know, you probably resonate with this. If you ask someone, hey, you know, would you mind doing the dishes? And they say yes. 
and then you ask them again 45 minutes later, they, you know, anyone would get annoyed because like, yeah, I know I've said, I said I'm going to do it. You don't need to keep asking me. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do it at this time, you know. Mm. Um, but the same logic doesn't actually apply to God. And I struggle with that. Like he, mm. he wants us to keep asking for the same thing until he's done it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I struggle. So basically, in a nutshell, I struggle with the idea of praying for the same thing over and over again. Mm. Um, I, I, I'm not sure if I totally understand how that fits in with the character of God mm. and the purpose of prayer. I think there's two, like, someone could come back and say, well, you know, the purpose of prayer is really not to get things from God, but it's more about, like, you transforming in your heart and mind and you coming to groups with, like, you reminding yourself of, like, God's character and what you need so that you're more actively dependent and, like, acknowledging your dependence on God. Mm. But, okay, that's nice, but is that actually what the Bible says about prayer? Mm. Like, is that actually the picture that the New Testament Yeah, I don't about? think there's a verse that says that. Yeah. I agree with that sentiment. Yeah, me as too. As a secondary effect. Totally. I, I yeah. think that's a, a beautiful reason to pray. Yes. But for me, when I kind of read prayer stuff in the New Testament, mm. it seems like, no, you're asking God for things, and if you don't, you won't get it. Like, you're 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 asking for things, and the and you praying for something mm. actually has an effect of God, like answering that prayer. And so so much so that if you didn't pray for it, God wouldn't yes. give it to you. Yes. So there is actually this like yeah, real ask and give thing going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Anyway, so I'm, <laughs> I'm throwing up questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure yes. like how to think this through or yeah. what the answer is. Well, let me run through a bunch of because you brought up a bunch of things. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. First of all, when um, I think when Jesus says, you know, the fools think that they'll be heard for their many words, I don't think it's saying that you can't pray more than 20 seconds, mm. um, which I, I know you know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think what it is saying is, you know, if you're going to pray for something, pray for it, but don't feel like because you've used more words, God is more likely to answer mm. or that your prayer is more impressive or something. Mm. So, you know, Jesus praying all night, presumably you think he's got so many things he's trying to bring before God. Um, you know, when Paul says he prays unceasingly for all these churches and all these people, he's possibly praying a whole bunch of things. Maybe he was going through each person's name. You know, he was praying through the role. He was praying through people. Yeah. You know, yeah, and yeah. so, you know, I'm speculating a bit here, but just saying there's lots of different ways that you can just continue to pray for things and pray for people. Yeah. When you talk about, you know, it's different for us. It's It, it doesn't make a lot of sense to pray for the same thing again and again and again. I get that. But I think that one of the things that's really helped me is your doctrine of prayer is linked to is linked to a whole bunch of things. Part of it is linked to your doctrine of God. Because mm. you see, the reason why prayer works is not because prayer works, it's because of the one you're praying to. Mm. And so the reason why we prayer works is because God works. And part of what we see in Scripture is that God continually invites us to come to him again and again and again. So you think about forgiveness for a second, right? On one level, you could say, well, when I sin, why do I need to go back to God? The cross has already paid for everything. I'm already covered. What's the reason of me going back to God? Mm. Part of it is because he invites us to. You know, godly sor- 2 Corinthians 7, godly sorrow leads to repentance and, and, um, and salvation. And, and part of that, then, repentance is turning from, but turning to. So as you turn from sin, you turn back to God. You come to God. And I think it makes a lot of sense then that we confess our sins to God. We pray, Father, forgive me, knowing that he will, knowing that he has, um, because he invites us. And so then prayer is an articulation of your relationship. It's not, well, I know it's going to happen anyway. I don't need to say anything. Well, yes, you know that. Why do you need to say it again? It's because you're invited to. So I think another analogy on a human level might be saying, I love you to someone who you love. Yeah, nice. Why do you need to say that? Yeah. I know it already. Mm. It, it, it seems meaningless to say, I love you, I love you, I love you. But you do it because you. It, it's an expression of your relationship, mm. right? Um, you don't do it necessarily to, 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 re, to meet a utilitarian end at the end. Mm. Um, even though as we pray, there's that remarkable truth that persistence in prayer is powerful. Mm. Persistence in prayer does change things. And so I want to say that the repetitious nature of it 
the repetitive nature of it. Repetition. Repetitive nature of it is linked to the fact that God continues to invite us to come back to him. But also it comes down to he, he is abundant in grace and you can't exhaust the grace of God. You mm. keep coming back to him. You think about Hebrews chapter 4, you know, we can come boldly to the throne mm. in our times of need. And there is so much that we need. Mm. And so I think the secondary aspect of prayer, you know, that it forms us is helpful here in saying that as you pray, um, it expresses how much you know you need something. Like the the, the child who only speaks to their parents when they need money or something. Mm. You go, well, they need, I, the child needs something now. So they go, I have to talk to my parents. Mm. Well, for us with God, the more we pray, it's not. It, it's an expression of the fact that we go. Actually, I need God. Mm. I need more. Uh, uh, I need more from God because I am lacking. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that resolves everything, but because I feel it as well. I feel it as well. One of the things I really appreciate about set prayers or historic prayers or the Book of Common Prayer prayers is that um, the first time I pray them, it's sort of just like reading. But then after a while, it sort of gets into your bloodstream mm, yeah. and it becomes more genuine. Yeah, totally. Kind of like a song. Yeah. Not to say it can't be genuine when you read it the first time. You yeah. can read it and go, yeah, actually, I agree with that. Amen. But after a while, you don't need the words anymore. You can just recite it. Yeah. It comes from the heart and the mind. It's all like a song, mm, like the first mm. time you, you sing a song. Yeah. I mean, I do... I, in a moment, I'm going to play the rap. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, shout out to Josh Charles, who helped listen to my 15 recordings and then edited it together. It's so good. Yeah. Um, but just listen to this prayer from last week. And I prayed this prayer every day last week. Yeah. And just listen to the richness of this prayer. And also, listen to how it sort of evokes some of the stuff from the Lord's Prayer as well. So this sure. is a prayer for last week from the Book of Common Prayer. It goes, Almighty and everlasting God, who is always more ready to listen than we are to pray and always wants to give more than either we desire or deserve. Pour down upon us the abundance of your mercy. Forgive us those things that our consciences are convicted of and give us the good things that we aren't even worthy to ask, but only through the merits and the mediation of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. It's wordy on one level, but you can mm. pray that in 20 seconds. Yeah, yeah. And the first time I prayed it, I went, that's a beautiful prayer. By Saturday, I was just going, yeah, I want that. Yeah, God yeah. wants to heal. God wants to bless me more than even I'm aware of. Mm. Father, thank you so much for Jesus, who's mm. our mediator and, and, you know, his victory. And I felt like it was teaching me about God as I was genuinely asking God for these things as well. Mm, nice. And just doing it once a day, you know, seven times last week, it was powerful. And it sticks with me because I'm going, yeah, I do want God to do that. And I, I do know that God is more willing to listen than I am to pray. Mm, yeah. It's helpful. Yeah. yeah. That's good. That's helpful. That is helpful. Do you have any other thoughts about that that you want to share? Or? No, I, I think that's that's helpful what you've said. I think there's, there's still questions in the air. And I think it's... Um, the questions that are worth wrestling with, um, but prayer in itself is an act of faith. And so I think it is, it is, and I need to remind myself, like, I, I need to pray, even if I don't fully understand it, mm. to pray simply is still an act of faith. And so to do that um, continually, persistently, regularly mm. um, is something that I need to do. And mm. so, um, yeah, what you've said is helpful, definitely. Something um, I'd want to throw out there for our listeners. It's a challenge for me as well. If, if you went to church on Sunday and the minister said, we're going to do all of our regular stuff, you know, songs, Bible reading, prayer. We've got no sermon this week, though, because we're going to spend a bit more time praying. Would you think, why'd I come to church today? Mm. What a waste of time. If so, there might be something wrong with your heart. Now, I'm going to say there is something wrong with your heart. <laughs> Because if you think that praying is a waste of time, um, now don't get me wrong, there are ways that a prayer meeting could be organized that are unhelpful. Mm. If you think mm. that praying is a waste of time, you think, oh, there's no sermon, why did I come to church this Sunday? You've misunderstood, I think, the priorities mm. of scripture mm. and the fact that there are so many 
things that are valuable about gathering together more so than just listening to the sermon. Mm. This is not me downplaying sermons. Just no, but saying, you've given me an idea though. Next time, on the, you know, if you're running late on a sermon and you're like, this is not good. <laughs> <laughs> Rock up to church. Sorry, people, no sermon. We're gonna spend more time. And if you don't like that, there's uh, my friend James says <laughs> yeah, there's friend, something wrong with yeah, your that's heart. Right. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah, it. won't abuse that one. Yeah, that's it. Now we're gonna play guess who in a bit, but uh, a sneak peek for our listeners. We're gonna play this rap that I wrote on the Let's Book of Mormon Prayer Let's for do more it. review, and uh, at some point we'll upload the music video onto Instagram. I love it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Every member of your parish as one people. Would you harness it or just let it slip? Yo, we have left undone things we ought to have done. Our God, whose service is perfect freedom, rules the kingdom. We confess a confession of the whole congregation. Spare us, Lord, but we keep on forgetting that you desire not the death of sinners. God, there's no health in us. Father, restore our lot. Have mercy, God. Promise through Jesus, Lord, comfort our heart. We pray at day stop. Our so-so absolution, won through substitution, known through recitation. We spoke, defend us from assaults of our enemies, Lord. The love of concord, the everlasting God. We have grace, one accord, grant to us in this world. Knowledge of thy truth, Lord. There's one more part to pray every day, and it's that God grant everlasting life in the world to come. Then end on a benediction to Corinthians. You better get on board with the prayer book, morning and evening prayer. You better never let it go. go. You don't have to fake it. This book ain't got no fluff. But while I'm gone to the world without an army, you better get on board with the prayer book. The collects is so rich, you better never let it go. go. You don't have to fake it. This book's really got good stuff. Or I want gone to the world without an amen. Yo! If you don't like it, you don't need to be Anglican, man. And we're back after that little interlude. <laughs> wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, Anglican gold right there. <laughs> um, I hope it goes well. At more review. Yeah. All right. Let's finish up with uh, guess guess who or guess which. Which one do you have? For we're going to do guess who. Okay. My friend. It's, guess uh, who. It's been a bit. All right. Guess who. 20 questions. You have the character. Yep. All right. Let's go. Listeners, you're playing along from home. All right. Is this character... Does this character first appear... After Psalm 119. Yes. Okay. Is this character human? Yes. Is this character first show up in the New Testament? Yes. Is this character male? No. Okay. Sorry, where are we? Four questions, I think. Okay, so 16 more. Um, does this character first show up outside the Gospels? No. Okay, so in the Gospels. Does this character have a personal interaction with Jesus? No. Okay. Um, is this character an Israelite? Um, no, I'm going to say no. Is this character related to Herod? I'm going to say no. Okay. Is this uh, well? Is this character? No. Hmm. Okay. Doesn't have a personal interaction with Jesus. Woman. Uh. Is this character related to Jesus? No. Okay. Not Elizabeth. Okay. Hmm. Okay. All right. Um. 
Mum, 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 mum. Is this character real? No. Ah, there we go. I got it. I think, well, 10 questions, 10 more to go. Yeah. So is this character in one of Jesus' parables? Yeah. Okay, now the question is, which one? Is this character a widow? Yes. <laughs> Could you describe this character as persistent? Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> is this character the persistent widow? Yeah, well done. Yay! Well done. 14 questions. Very good. Honestly, well done. Alright, I think that's it for us this week. Let's go to have morning tea. Alright, see everyone. Have a great week. Bye. Bye.